0: How does a writer of memoir navigate the space between their truths and the people around them? You're listening to Frau Amy's World, episode number 12. This podcast presents conversation with and for real-life creatives on how we find and keep walking our unique paths. I'm your host, Amy Hallberg. Welcome to my world. Today, I'm talking with my good friend, Carrie Mangus, who like me, has grappled with this subject. <laughs> so, how do we bridge that gap? I'm not sure we have an answer for you, but we have some thoughts. You and I were talking about how other people respond to our writing. Mm-hmm. You're a fellow writer, with like a memoir writer. Yes. So... I was actually thinking about this myself and then you reached out and I was like, yes, we've got to talk about this for, for people because we mm-hmm. talk about this amongst ourselves right, all the time, how we stay true to our stories right, and yet we also honor the people who come into contact with us and might
1: be in our stories or not. Right, that's the balance we're always trying to go for, right, is to make other people happy with what we've written, especially if there are people who have shaped us in a positive way, we We want that to come through. And at the same time, we have to be very true to, yes, as true as possible to our story. Mm.
0: You know, and I was thinking about this. So your mom is never going to thank you for writing a book about her. (laughs) Right? I mean, you could be Jesus. Right. You could be Jesus, and your mom will send your siblings to tell you to be quiet, right? <laughs> True. Right, because he he wandered around the desert for forty right. days and got his shit together. Yeah, he was not well behaved. Right, and 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 his mom had a different agenda, right? Like, right. Like, don't get yourself killed. Correct. So, have you had that experience as you know, like with your family, with the people around you, in mm-hmm. terms of you're writing a story that's.
1: Fairly honest about right. what's happening for you. So I was really lucky with my mom. I let my mom read several early drafts, and she was able to she was able to see that this was a story about me and sort of step back. Um, so I've been lucky in that respect. But my book is a journey about some of the people I've met along my spiritual path, and I have come across, you know, some teachers or some old guides that. Really, really wanted to see this book fully represent their teaching and their style and their background and their history, where, of course, the book is a memoir about my experience with them, which is just a sliver, just a moment in time in terms of this span of time that they've been teaching and honing their work. So it's just impossible to meet that to meet that expectation. Right. Um so I think it comes down to trying to manage the expectations when you deliver the work, which I have learned, do not just hand over the work and say go ahead and read it. <laughs> ah, right. And and you have to
0: do some work on yourself too, I think before you're prepared to hand it over.
1: Yes, I think you want your work to be in its finest finest shape. Um I think you want to feel really good about you know, your own memory. Like, for me, I had a lot of journals that I could go back to, so that always makes me feel really good about what I've put on the page is mm-hmm. a lot of it I can go back and, you know, find the note in my journal. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I had. you have to feel really good about what the work you've done and the place that it's at before you give it to some of those people that matter the most, really. Does this mean that you write in a vacuum? Um, so... I think some stories should be. I think it depends on the story and I think it depends on the writer. When I first started writing, I shared a lot of my early pieces because I had no idea how I how I was coming across on the page. And then as I started to get a feel for that, yes, I moved into a vacuum space for a while, which is one of the reasons one woman recently was a little disappointed in me because she said, I kind of thought you would have reached out when you started to write about these things. Ah. And I realized that she thought I would reach out for guidance because that's been our relationship. Ah, yeah. Right. Right. And so in this situation, to not reach out for guidance, I am sort of disrupting the relationship rules between us.
0: Well, and I think that writing a memoir is first and foremost for yourself. Yes. But it's also a renegotiation of truth. And so you mentioned the journals and the fact that you do have them to go back to mm-hmm. as, as a reference point, but it's not
1: just about factual truth, right? Right. I mean, I even in my journals, you're right. Even my journals are not necessarily the objective truth. They are my experience of truth. Have you ever, you've heard the story of the blind men and the... Or the uh, elephant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The truth is the elephant. And we're all just, we've all just got our hand on a different part, different part of the body. Right. It's all true from where we're standing, but yes, it is not the whole truth. One of the things that is so interesting to me is retelling
0: your story. Also, you're tracing how the truth shifted For you. So an
1: earlier version of Carrie wouldn't even agree with half the stuff you said, probably. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, and it's interesting now to write stories from childhood and go back and be able to say things in the reflection sections where, back then, I would have told you I was self-reliant and strong. But now I see the deeper truth that I was lonely and vulnerable. Like, that's shifting truth right there. Oh, yeah.
0: So how do you stay true to that story when you also have people now who expect it to be told in a certain way? Because mm-hmm. you've had that. You've had people who have directly challenged your story and said, Right, like, yeah, and I think you... How do you do that? You just... Mm-hmm. Or said, Am I in your book? Or, you know, like you've had, you've had lots of people who are curious about
1: their place in your book. Boy, I don't know that I have. I think, I mean, I'm at kind of the beginning stages of seeing how other people are relating to my story, and I'm... Learning like today. I had a phone call with one of my earlier yoga teachers and she went through paragraph by paragraph Wanting to almost correct and edit the words that I used Uh. and in some cases It was an easy shift and and it doesn't affect the narrative But as you know once you've written a whole book it's almost like a house of cards And or I also think of like a Jenga game and if you remove a whole paragraph from somewhere that can have ripple effects through the book. We're placing things in the book that tie together. So when she challenges me to remove this paragraph or state this differently so that I'm happier, I'm thinking how does that affect the next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter. I'm not thinking I don't want to please you. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about how is that going to work now that this whole thing is stable and set up and all and and interconnected.
0: Well, it almost sounds to me like what you're saying. And of course, I have a bias because I also this is my opinion anyway. So I'll own that. Mm -hmm. You are not your book. Right at a certain point, you're crafting a story with a message. Correct. Right, you've done your personal work. Right, yes. your your practice. Yes. And you you've crafted a platform, which is this book. And within there, there are personas. They aren't the full person. They're a distillation of that essence that Absolutely. you're trying to express within the context of that book. So there's parts of you. This is about your spiritual soul journey. Mm-hmm. So maybe there aren't things in there that are still part of you but they don't
1: apply to this book. Right? I mean, my subtitle for my book is a return to wholeness. And the whole idea is to is that it is my journey to become a whole person, which means a person with emotions, a person with ego, a person with soul, a person with ideas and opinions and thoughts. And at the same time, it's sort of funny because there's no way that I'm represented in my wholeness in this book. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not represented in my wholeness in this book as the main character, then absolutely there's no way any other character, my mother, my brothers, my teachers, could be represented in their wholeness. We just can't, we don't have the means to do that in two-dimensional. So I'm book. curious.
0: You you actually, I want to come back to something you said. Our book is a house of cards. Mm. <laughs> You're not the book. The book is a house of cards, which ultimately, if i if I take that to its purist how I would interpret that. Uh-huh. The book, the story, is ultimately an illusion, right? You build it up,
1: mm. and then
0: you sort of walk away, and there's the story, and you're over here, and you've moved past it. Yes. So if so, if so, and it's a construct. Mm-hmm. In what sense is it true? In what sense then does that change things for the people who read your
1: story? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think my book is really at a, I I think sometimes we reach people not through stated truths, but through experiences and feelings and emotions. And I think when we express emotions and feelings on the page, that's more true an experience than than the words can ever be. I'll give you an example. I have a scene in the book where I made a mistake for a boss and a little while later I was in my office having a panic attack. Now, the mistake I made was not that big. It was really actually (laughs) minor. And so logically, it doesn't seem true that, um, that that experience, that mistake, would lead to the near panic attack. But what I... So as a writer, I had to decide... Do I go with the truth that seems logical mm-hmm. or do I go with the truth that was felt? Mm-hmm. And I went with the truth that was felt. Mm-hmm. And it will be up to the reader, of course, to perceive that as oh my gosh, she's over dramatic and you know, this can't. But I know that I was true. I remember how it felt in my body. Those things are easier actually to feel or to remember than the thoughts in our head at a particular time.
0: This actually was key to me understanding Like I used to have the hardest time. And you know this because you've read some Mm -hmm. early drafts of my book where it's like, no, but I have to have this story, and I have to have that story. Once I understood that energetically this story is doing the same thing as that story is doing the same thing as that story, and these two people hurt me a lot. I don't want them in my book, but that energy is there. Can I capture it Mm -hmm. in another story that does the same thing, but mm-hmm. I'm not mentioning them. They're off the page, but I know it. Yes, I understand the energy. So it's in your body, you feel it. it's mm-hmm. it's an energetic thing. It's not just what happened.
1: Right, that everybody else can identify with. And I think that's what makes memoir unique is, wow, isn't that? I mean, I would rather have someone come to a memoir and say, wow, isn't that interesting that she responded so strongly rather than saying there's no way that it's true that she responded so strongly. Or quibbling over the details of what happened, mm-hmm. she what she should or shouldn't have done is right. really irrelevant. Or was I wearing pumps or heels or flats? Well, yeah, that,
0: that, that, that gives flavor <laughs> to it, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. right? It helps us done. So when you're mucking, I've, I've had people level this charge at me Notice the language I used to bring mm. that, level the charge. I hope you're happy mucking about. I hope that writing these stories about bad times in your life make you happy. Oh. Um, so well, how would you answer that? Because you've written about some pretty heated experiences in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Why would you put yourself through that? experience yeah so there's an expression in the spiritual worlds that i love a lot which is the only way out is through Mm. and i just i don't believe that the happiness that you might experience from pretending something didn't hurt and moving on i believe maybe we earlier we talked about it as spiritual bypassing oh yeah
0: Uh, i'm just (laughs) happy and good now and i'm just going to pretend that that bad thing isn't really really happening
1: right and you see a lot of that in our culture because it's rewarded Okay. And so for me, I was given a space and time in my life, which I do understand that that was a gift, to go back into my old stories. And sometimes I would write my old stories and I would come downstairs and my family could just see the experience on my face as if it had just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, I'd say, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I'd go next day, go back, rewrite the story, come back down. Maybe it's not so much each time you actually talked about how it surprises
0: you sometimes you write things and you think you're fine and then you're like oh nope not fine <laughs> totally
1: true there are things that I would have said that, that I've healed um and then you start writing it and you realize no there's still wounds there also though with the wounds come more lessons Ah, uh, yeah. You know, some of yeah. our experiences are like deep wells. They're like mines. And you can just keep going back into them and get more gems out. Mm-hmm. Some of them are meant to be like lifetime of lessons and healing. Yeah. I, it's hard some to those. explain <laughs>
0: that. Yeah, Oh, yeah, I know this. And it's hard to explain this to somebody who hasn't done it. There is this edgy feeling that happens when you're about to go through some some of these, you know, make some of these writing discoveries. Yes. And I've learned to go, okay, and sort of to move into it because I know that when I get an answer, and answers, they keep unfolding, right? Yes. It's not about reaching that ultimate goal, right. right? But it's like these gems come up to the surface and it's like, oh, yes. oh my gosh, that is so
1: cool yes because now what we're doing is we're just seeing our same story but from a different perspective so now instead of touching the elephant's trunk you're touching the elephant's tail it's the same elephant but you are feeling and experiencing it from a different perspective
0: yeah so what would you say to people who ask okay that all may be good and fine but are you happy Uh uh-huh are you happy
1: (laughs) Well, I might push back and say, well, is is that really the most ideal state um, to be in as a human being? To, to be first happy always, right? I mean, how is that, how is that helping us evolve? How is that helping us grow? I mean, we grow through discomfort, and we know that that's true. So, and happiness is a transient state anyway. So, I feel like for me, what I've cultivated through my spiritual practices, and through the writing of this book and the revisiting of these stories, is a ground of Contentment and that space of contentment. From that, I can find I can be in anger, I can be in sadness, I can be in happiness and laughter. But there's this ground underneath that I can always feel into that yes, I am expressing my anger right now, but it it has not overtaken me. Mm.
0: And you're not directing it outward. You're actually feeling
1: it for yourself and realizing it has something to tell right. you. Right. Or if it is being directed outward, it's careful. It's to the right person at the right time for the right reasons. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes there are things we need to push back Absolutely. against. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And There's sometimes. a lot of
0: injustice in the world. Yeah. It's maybe more getting clear, taking that time to do that discernment and going, okay, which part is mine? Which part is something to let go? What's yes. this old serenity prayer, right? God grant me yes courage absolutely. to recognize what is mine, mm-hmm. what is not mine. Go do what is mine, and
1: don't just don't just hide. That's correct. And if you have that ground of contentment, then you have that space around the anger that you can just swim in for a while before you decide what you're going to do. Yeah,
0: I actually had a, an experience this week where somebody challenged some of my words, and a. They were wrong. And don't argue with a wordsmith about derivation of words because I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just going to say, right? But second of all, I was like, why am I so angry at myself for being angry at this person? Uh, right? Yes. And I sat with it and got really clear on, you no, know, what is it I want to say here? And I, and I went out onto Facebook and said, hey, here's what's going on for me. And I have had the most amazing conversation that... I mean, you know, I I was tempted to go, you you know, you do this, right? You put stuff out there, and then you're like, maybe I should take it back. Maybe nobody's going (laughs) to like, you know, and you go, okay, come on now. You're a writer. Yeah. Let it sit. Mm -hmm. Like, see how. And I've had this amazing conversation that would not have happened if everything was all
1: happy and good. That's correct. Yes, right. And you have to be willing to be uncomfortable. And I feel like um, the journey of my book is one of curiosity. I believe that as a child, I was naturally curious. But somewhere along adolescence, through adulthood, I became less curious. I became became incurious about the world and I became more ambitious and driven and focused on all the things I was told I was supposed to be and I really lost a part of myself there and I that's what I my return to wholeness really is about a return to my curiosity it's actually a, a key character in your book, Endless Curiosity. Yes, which is a wolf. (laughs) Which is a
0: wolf, which is awesome. And We are going to talk more about that in another episode Mm. at some point. You haven't released
1: this book. No, I am looking at releasing it um, for local audiences only in October uh, and wider release in 2020. Nice. Yeah. So I'm hoping that you'll come back and we'll explore more. (laughs) I would love to.
0: I'm curious about how this feels right now. On this side, mm-hmm. so this is this is a to be continued conversation. But how this feels on this side, looking at that approaching release date, and then afterwards, I want to. I, I mean, so maybe closer in, we'll we'll talk again. Okay. But then even after that, like, okay, now on the other side, because it always is, right? It's there mm-hmm. and there and there. So snapshot for today. Um,
1: right now, I wish it were closer. <laughs> um, I, You know, I am taking the advice of my editor, which is why we're taking it so slow. But there's a part of me that wants it out right now. Um, but you only get to do your first release for your first book once, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like um, there is the right time, there is the right place. I just have, I'm just filled with anticipation, would be the word I would say and mm-hmm. i'm excited about it too because this has been a long time coming. it has been <laughs> it's a beautiful book okay
0: so my guest today was carrie mangus whose book okay the title for everyone embodying soul a return to wholeness excellent and thank you can you. follow carrie on instagram and facebook twitter linkedin i've, yes. I've read you on medium some couple yep a little bit yep so thank you carrie thank you amy Thanks for visiting Frau Amy's World. Today's episode featured Carrie Mangus, and you'll find the links she mentioned in my show notes. If you enjoyed yourself, please subscribe to this podcast, offer a comment so people can find us, and share with your friends. Please and thank you for your support of my work. You can learn more about me at CourageousWordsmith.com. I'm Amy Hallberg, and until we meet again, travel safely.